thrown up and Neville hits it over the top nicely. Gets a fair chunk of it down towards the boundary for four and brings up 5,000 first class runs as well. He becomes the 23rd New South Wales player to achieve that mark. It's been a wonderful career in New South Wales cricket for Peter Neville and he continues to uh, do the goods for the Blues even at the ripe old age of 36 and rightfully gets a, a polite round of applause from the Jermoyne faithful and something that he can look back on maybe a little bit later tonight. Not a very Peter Neville-esque shot that one but um, did well to hit that over the top of the infield and pick up a boundary for the Blues, 6 for 140. It is a very warm welcome to the Cricket Library Weekly. My name is Matt Ellis and joining me as always, Robbie McKinlay. Welcome back for another episode. We're not quite weekly this week. We're a day behind weekly, I think. Well, Matt, good morning. Good morning, listeners. I'll tell you what we are doing. Though. We're doing a very early morning one, which is nice. We're, um, we're up with the sun this morning. We're doing it on Friday morning and... We awake. I'm not sure how much sleep you had last night, Matty, but what a fantastic win for the Aussies in the uh, T20 World Cup. Yeah, magnificent win for the Australians in the T20 World Cup. Great to see David Warner back hitting the ball nice and cleanly and Adam Zampa doing a really great mm. job with the ball for the Aussies there. Sri Lanka, 6 for 154 uh, in, in their 20 overs. And it really was Zampa that tightened the screws, four overs, two for 12. A couple of wickets for Mitch Stark, who had a query over his knee going into the game. Uh, Paddy Cummins, a couple of wickets as well. Uh, Stoinis uh, went the distance a little bit there, but yeah. um, none, none for 35 for him. And, and interesting in the Australian run chase, with Warner and Finch doing so well, the first wicket not falling uh, until the score was 70, uh, just just after the power play, and they sent in Glenn Maxwell at number three, which I thought was a, a good move. He he was dismissed for only five runs off six balls, but just nice to see there's a little bit of flexibility there around yeah. the batting order and willing to adapt to the situation that's presented in front of them. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think Steve Smith sort of got that role. He's going to make sure the middle order stays together. And yeah, he look. What do you get? Twenty eight or twenty six deliveries? But we all know with Smith, he's got such a good skill set. He can really take that up to another level if required. And Marcus Stoinis again come in that sixteen uh, or seven deliveries, uh, two fours and a six. So fourteen of his runs coming in boundaries, and that is so important that we've got someone like that who can clear the rope. That's why I like. I still think I like to have Glenn Maxwell sort of in that role as well. Maxwell and Stoinis down there, Matty Wade. Um, you know, a, a side, you know it's, a, it's a very good side. I think the only uh, selection query Australia will have is at some point, I think they will play um, Ashton Agar, the, the next spinner. So if you look at our spin bowling from last night or our slow, slower sort of bowlers, um, we had, you mentioned that uh, Marcus Stoinis, he went three overs to 35. Maxi bowled the one over and went to 16 runs. Yeah. Adam Zamper bowled four overs, two for 12. So I think at some point, um, particularly where they, depending where they play the game, there's no doubt Ashton Agar will come in at some stage and get a game. But I think they're in really good shape. Yeah. I, I like the way Australia have come into this tournament. Underdogs, written off, you know, can't win it. They start focusing on everyone else. Well, and straight after that trial game, when India put the cleaners through it, well, guess what? Since then, India haven't won a game and Australia haven't lost a game. So <laughs> cricket's, a, 
funny old game, mate. Yeah, and uh, interesting as well around, I, I think I heard somewhere that David Warner and Aaron Finch had been practising on the polished concrete uh, wickets. Yeah, right. So, um, well, I think Warner was sort of indicating that he, he wanted to get his feet moving a bit and sometimes on the slower wickets you can get yourself into some bad habits. So I... Uh, he went out on the yeah. on on the synthetics or the or the polished concrete and and hit some balls and got his feet moving again. So there's some really positive signs. Is if he's hitting the ball that well, we are in for a very interesting tournament and a big game coming up this weekend against England. Uh, and then I think after that it's Bangladesh. So uh, yeah, England top of the table at the moment. They've had a very impressive start to the tournament. So. Be nice think, to get the early running there against the Poms. Yeah, I think Matt, if um, the winner of Australia or England, that'll give them three from three either side. I think that'd probably be enough to qualify them through, get them through that semi final stage. So yeah, it's a massive game. But if they do lose the top, the end of the world. When you win your first two, you put yourself in a really good position, and, and I like what Australia have done. England have got a very good net run rate; it's like through the roof. So, um, but. A darn good thrashing. Uh, we'll soon get rid of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> de- definitely, definitely on the agenda this weekend. And uh, while we're while we're on men's cricket, we might as well shift gears into the Sheffield Shield, Robbie. Uh, three games going on at the moment. Now, it's, it's a bit of a bind for us trying to work out when we record this edition of the show because there's just so much cricket on yeah. at the moment. It's hard to really get a good time to wrap everything up in a nutshell. So we've got three games sort of happening and in the balance at the moment. Victoria on top against New South Wales mm. there at the Dremoyne Oval. Great to see Tanvir Sanger making his debut for New South Wales, a, a very promising young leg spinner, and great to see him playing some longer format cricket there for the Blues. Unfortunately for the Blues, uh, th- they've got a fair bit of work to do here. I know we've got a lot of listeners in Victoria as well, so there's probably a lot of fist pumping happening down there. Uh, Victoria, 199. I, I wasn't sure whether that was going to be uh, enough. Uh, there was sort of a feeling that maybe it wasn't going to be enough when when New South Wales were looking pretty steady. Great to see Harry Conway take on that night watchman role. Oh, <laughs> I, I I could watch Harry Conway yeah all day. He's just such a character, a uh, highly intelligent uh, person. Harry Conway loves loves reading interesting books. Uh, he's a thinker. But he's also very funny as well, um, he, and he lasted 87 balls at the crease for his 20. Uh, Curtis Patterson. What do you think of his, um, his new um, oh, the, headband? The headband. The yeah, boys. I'm enjoying he it. He had a white one in the first innings, and I noticed he, he's been also had, looks like, it looks like a blues one almost. Yeah. So I love it. Wouldn't be yeah, out of just, place at the Australian Open tennis, I don't think. Nah. It's outstanding. Uh, and Sean Abbott with the ball, six wickets um, in, in that first innings as well. Scotty Boland, what a player he is, four for 34 for the Vicks. Um, Curtis Patterson looked looked pretty good as well, pretty steady, 48 before he nicked one behind. And then a lot of a lot of interest around Marcus Harris and Peter Hanscom uh, kicking things off on, on t- today, Friday. To see where that one goes, and, and you're going to be commentating the return bout, Robbie. So you, you'd be having an extra in, interest in this one. Yeah, it's very interesting to have a look at. Uh, yes, I'm looking forward to that. Marcus Harris, um, 41, not out, 103 deliveries. I like the way he went about it yesterday afternoon. That's a really good dress rehearsal if he's going to be in contention for a spot on that Australian side. And Peter Hanscom put his head down. 
26 of 86. But the, the test here for Victoria, what they're going to be really careful of, Matty, is they've got to get the timing of their declaration right. Yeah. So, and I think one thing in their favour, uh, that wicket potentially could peter out to be maybe better batting in the second dig. Yeah. Um, New South Wales spinners got a massive role to play today. But, uh, yeah, they've got to get the timing right here because I'd be chasing points early here because a lot of the, there's been a lot of drawn matches so far in Shield cricket. Teams you can get a point here um, will really take a, a good strong hold early doors on that ladder. So, um, yeah, they're going to be a bit, they're going to be brave here, Victoria, um, and set the pace. So I think it's in for a really good finish. Lovely setting down there at Tremoy Noble. And, um, yeah, I expect, I expect New South Wales to come out and have a really big crack first hour this morning. Yeah. Day three. Yeah, it's, it's going to be some enthralling cricket over the next couple of days down there at Dremoyne Oval. Uh, up in Townsville, Queensland, off to a, a, a great start, notwithstanding our man Bryce Street uh, only making 14, but he was dismissed by one of our other favourites, Lawrence Neil Smith. So that's the only consolation I took out of that dismissal. Uh, but then batsmen three, four and five, all making hundreds, minus 136. I know that will be pleasing. Matt in the Orange Library, UT Kawaja, another 100. So back-to-back 100s for him. He was out for 119. And MT Renshaw, 120 not out, uh, setting things up for Queensland. They're looking quite good. Six of 487 declared. And Tasmania in reply, four for 150. And a very interesting situation. Uh, I think I tagged you in it on Twitter, Robbie. I'm not sure if you got a chance to see it. When Jordan Silk was batting, and mm-hmm. he's played a forward defensive shot into his boot. MT Renshaw at silly mid-off has palmed it to Jimmy Pearson, and Jimmy Pearson's claimed the catch. But it was one of those ones that watching it live without the benefit of yeah. the decision review system, uh, you just couldn't give it out. You couldn't give it out watching it live, but watching, watching the replay, uh, particularly I think the second replay of it, you, you see quite clearly that Silk has, in fact, edged it onto his boot. It's popped up okay. to Renshaw. And interesting, it was interesting that Renshaw didn't try and catch it. Renshaw's just palmed it straight to Jimmy Pearson, <laughs> who's, who's claimed the catch. So I'd recommend cricket.com.au will have some footage of that. Um, yeah. Check that one out. Um, and, and, this, and, and the appeal and half celebration from Kuhneman as well is, is quite, quite entertaining as well. Uh, so I... Well, it wasn't a celebration, but it was a, an appeal. Uh, great to see Gurinder Sandhu making his debut in first-class cricket for Queensland. Yeah, how good was that? So that's, a, that's yeah, well, really well, really well in it. So he's he moved up there and got a wicket, knocked over Timmy Ward. So he probably would have seen a fair bit of probably Tim Ward at some stage Yeah, uh, New South Wales. So, yeah, good good reward for the big G. And uh, yeah, his figures look pretty good, 11 overs, 1 for 29. Um, yeah, they've, they've got to get some early wickets again. You, you mentioned that man, Jordan Silk. He's 45, not out at the crease. He's had a wonderful start to the summer. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's shaping up pretty well. The, 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 once again, though, we said Queensland here, what I like they've done, Matt. They have those runs they compiled, 6 to 487, had a really good clip. Yeah. Now, I know that's one thing. I know you have devastated the early loss of Bright Street. But what it actually has does, it sort of from that point there, you look at Labashane and Kawaja, Renshaw, they're all scoring sort of around that 65 to 70 strike rate, and it does keep the ball, the game rolling along really well. So 
And don't forget, Joe Burns, 79, not out. Gee whiz, there's some talent on that Queensland side. So, uh, Queensland, and obviously the Phillies up in Townsville are looking really good too. That, that game's set up really nicely. You might even see Tasmania could even do, they might even sort of Declare go pretty hard. Yeah, and then Queensland might only have to make up a quick 120 off, you know, 30 overs, and then it's game on. Oh, and, and also, Robbie, must mention Connor Sully on debut. Wicket with his first pill. Oh, I didn't. I missed that. Okay, Caleb Jewell. Uh, we might. Yeah. Oh, it's Pierce. Did he, yeah. Jimmy Pearson took the catch up. Yeah. Think. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So well done to Connor Sully making his debut and making it a, a good first impression there, uh, getting a wicket oh. straight away, as you do. Uh, the other game, Robbie, WAV South Australia, not a good start for South Australia in this one, rolled for 128, and not yeah. a lot to speak of in their batting there, and great to see Joe Richardson back bowling fast, three for 22, Lance Morris, three wickets as well. Uh, then WA, 299, got themselves a nice little lead there. No one really going on and making a huge score, but Cameron Green in the runs again, 61, and Hilton Cartwright, 73. And the big one here, Sydney Thunder player, Nathan McAndrew, 5 for 84. Outstanding stuff. Four wickets for David Grant as well. And SA off to a much better start in their second innings, um, resuming today at none for 68. And I've just got a feel for that game, and that South Australia's innings where they're bundled out for 128. Alex Carey run out for Nort just oh. on the third ball he faced. And then, then Jake Lehman goes next ball for Nort. And, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, yeah not, not the ideal start. It would, have been, it would have been a really good test for Alex Carey. But hopefully he can get a good look at it in the second innings here. But, um, yeah, it's good, great to see all three games of Shield Cricket being played, Matty, isn't it? Gets everyone going. This positive news. Ben Stokes is coming out for the Ashes yeah. Tour. Yeah. Uh, crowd, looks like crowds are going to be back in a, in a pretty strong format. So, yeah, things are really looking really positive, mate, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got a Marsh One Day Cup game coming up on Monday, Queensland v Tasmania uh, up there in Townsville. And Dylan, our loyal listener in WA, actually took annual leave for the WA v Redbacks game at the Wacker Ground uh, just earlier in the week. And I was really feeling for him because he was posting some photos on Twitter where the rain was coming down. I'm thinking, oh, yeah. no, annual leave, uh, sitting in the rain at the Wacker. But then he was rewarded for a very good decision because he got to see Sean Marsh, S.E. Marsh, 80 not out of 63 balls, yep. uh, leading WA to victory in, in, in that rain-affected match. And well worth the annual leave. So well played, WA, and well played, Dylan, for making sure you were there to capture all the action. Yeah, and it's always better to be caught under an umbrella and a rain delay on the TV maybe on a day's annual leave and taking a, a sick day. <laughs> or, miss, <laughs> or missing a school yeah. swimming carnival, but that's a story. Yeah, for, yeah. That's a story another for another time. Another time. <laughs> well, Robbie, we, we've still got so much to come on the Cricket Library Weekly. We've got Jack Clifton coming into the hot seat for Fact oh. or Fiction. That. That is going to be so intriguing. Jack Clifton, of course, calling the action from Dremoyne Oval. I understand Matt Fiction called him uh, called him un- oh, no. uh, unprompted as Jack was driving home from Dremoyne yesterday. So that is coming up. And, of course, uh, there's a little inquiry in the mailbag around the Sydney Thunder WBBL team. So we'll, 
We'll talk about that when we get into our WBBL discussion shortly as well, Robbie. But we'll take a break now, and when we come back, we will talk WBBL right here on the Cricket Library Weekly. I'm really loving the new Fact or Fiction segment on the Cricket Library Weekly. Matt Fiction is such a great host, and I absolutely can't wait for the next episode. We are back on the Cricket Library Weekly. Matt Ellison, Robbie McKinlay with you, and time for us to talk Weber WBBL 07 and what a hot competition it's been so far, Robbie. A log jam on the ladder and some excellent cricket played. Once Once the rain cleared uh, over the weekend, we saw a, a Sophie Devine masterclass. We saw a Darcy Brown hat trick. We're just seeing high-quality cricket all around, Robbie. And uh, another weekend coming up where all the teams are playing on both days. Yeah, it is. And we, I think we're seeing our first game in Perth, too. On, yeah, um, Lilac Hill, I think. Yeah, tomorrow, which is beautiful, which was traditionally was always the tour opener for the touring teams coming over to Western Australia. So that's great to see. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we, and then down at Tasmania, Launceston at the Uni of Tassie Ground, Sydney Thunder up against the Stars. But, Matt, if you, you, you made a call about the log jam on the ladder. That is so true. So if you got a sense to me, um, you know, after, say, five or six games from each side, that we're going to have this log jam where there's only two points, that's one win, separating teams one to seven. But the team that is not involved in the log jam is the defending champion, Sydney Thunder, who have um, just got the one point so far from five matches. They've had uh, four losses and a um, washout. What do you make of that? Well. I'm really disappointed about the washout. I had us penciled in. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't say us. I I had the Thunder penciled oh, in for a win. You've given, a, last... you've given away your cover there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I just thought last weekend, uh, if they take if they take that rain affected game and they go to the nearest indoor cricket centre and challenge the Sixers to a bowl off. I I pencil the Thunder in for the two competition points there, okay. Which we, which would have the Thunder on two and would have the Sixers on four, which would mean we're in. Oh, which would mean the Thunder, not we, would mean the Thunder were in, yeah. in, in striking distance. Um, and I know we normally do the mailbag at the end of the program, Robbie. Um, yeah. But my understanding is some mails come in to Aubrey. Re- regarding WBBL, so we might as well try and address that now. Did you, did you have any questions there coming in uh, via the Aubrey address? Well, there could be some inquiry um, in and around the fact that well, this is and look, it's a bit, it's a bit brutal in the end to be honest, because it's in and around the fact. Do you think that Sydney Thunder will win a game in this Weber WBBL 07 competition? Do you want the short answer or the long answer? I want an answer from you, Matt Ellis. You can never question your loyalty to Sydney Thunder, but surely it's getting tested at the moment. And this is the question. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to say that starting tomorrow, the 30th of October, when the Sydney Thunder take on last year's runners-up, the Melbourne Stars, they will... Uh, con- hello, happy... Happy birthday to my eldest daughter, Jane, 30th October. Oh, happy birthday, yeah. Jane. Yeah, well... Carry on that, yes. 
Um, I, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm known for sitting on the fence, Robbie. But there won't be any fence sitting here. I am predicting. Ooh. I am predicting boldly. And now I hope this is a, as good a bold prediction as your bold prediction around Rachel Priest and run scoring. The Sydney Thunder are going to start a winning streak, and they will not lose a game between now and when we talk again next week on the Cricket Library. And I tell wow. you what, I tell you what, Robbie. If 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 the Thunder beat the Stars and the Hurricanes this weekend, I won't be calling you because I'll be I'll be hoping that uh, they'll win against the Brisbane Heat then on the seventh of November as well. And I'll delay calling you again till after that, yeah. um, and wait and see how they go against the Strikers on the 9th of November. So we'll see. I'd, all right, I admire your confidence. I'm not sure I share it as much. Yeah. Okay. I hope I hope that it, but yeah, but fancy that seeing the two Sydney sides, yeah, um, down the on the bottom of the ladder there too. So, down that, I had, I didn't have, I didn't have a name on that question. I that you filtered that through. Matt Dixon sent that through to the Aubrey office, but withheld, <laughs> withheld, withheld the question. The, the person who actually put the question. So it's not not a little sneaky one from Dixon himself, is it? Oh, well, I've I've got some concerns about Matt Fiction because after Sophie Devine's masterclass on the weekend, there was a graphic circulating on social media and on the cricketlibrary dot com. Did you see that graphic at all, Robbie? It, it was that the comparison with um, uh, fixes that that um, Devine has hit in her career compared to one of my, my co-hosts on the Cricket Library Weekly. Yes, so there's this graph, and I've, I've got it up on my screen now, and I can't actually fit it on the page because one column is really tall and one column is really short. It's got <laughs> it's got Sophie Devine's WBBL sixes sitting at 113, and then it's got MJ Ellis Club Cricket, nine. So thank you. <laughs> thank you to the staff at thecricketlibrary.com. Uh, I appreciate the comparisons. <laughs> Any comparison to Sophie Devine, I'm happy to take. Uh, but we might just leave that there, Robbie. And um, okay, uh, we've got a haiku poem coming up, and when we come back, we'll talk. Um, oh, haiku poem, and then of course we've got um, the highly popular segment, uh, fact or fiction, before we close things up. Beautiful. Six. Hitting Machine, spellbound by Sophie Devine. Imposing display. Hi, this is Renee Farrell, and you are listening to the Cricket Library Weekly with Robbie McKinlay and Maddie Ellis. Hey everybody, Matt Fiction here with a world premiere exclusive airing of a brand new quiz show. Fact or fiction? One minute of absolute madness as I ask rapid fire true and false questions and our contestant has to decipher and determine if the statement I make is a fact or is it fiction? Let's see how we go. It's time to play the game. And 
joining us for the second ever edition of Fact or Fiction. It's Jack Clifton, fresh on his way home from Des Moines Oval, commentating the Sheffield Shield. He's taking one minute of his time to spend with us and answer as many questions as he can, either fact or fiction. Are you ready to go, Jack? Yeah, very keen, Matt. Can't wait to get in on it. Yeah, well, here we go. I'm going to fire up the question booth right now. They're tricky questions, and you've just got to get in as quick as you possibly can. And here we go. The first question is, DC Boone celebrates a birthday on December 29. Back. Correct. Molly Strano is the leading all-time WBBL wicket-taker. Back. Correct. MTG Elliott's highest test score is 199. Correct, I am fact. <laughs> That's correct. Meatloaf was number one on the Australian singles charts when Katie Mack was born. Fiction. No, that's a fact. L.W. Feldman made a citizen's arrest the night before his Sheffield Shield debut in Melbourne. Fact. Correct. Emma Hughes's first WBBL wicket was Madeline Penner. Fact. Correct. P.L. Taylor scored more runs in Test Match Cricket than he did in ODIs. Fiction. Correct. AJ Healy has scored more runs in ODIs and T20s. Fact. Oh, we just heard the buzzer there in the background. And it was incorrect. It was fiction. 2,039 runs in ODIs and 2,129 runs in T20 internationals. Well, Jack Clifton, what an effort, what a performance, so much pressure. But you got off to a great start, you rolled through. And can you give us your thoughts on being in that pressure cooker situation that is fact or fiction? Not for a light-hearted Matt Fiction. That was uh, pretty tough. The sweat still dripping off my forehead of those rapid-fire questions, but lots of fun to be on Faction Fiction. Loved it. Oh, it's so good to have you on. Good luck with the rest of the call in the Sheffield Shield. It's been a pleasure having you part of our program. And my word, you and Robbie McKinley have set the bar high. Who will be next? Who will step up to the plate and take on the challenge in Australia's favourite podcast game show around the world? Not just Australia, not just... Oceana, not just intercontinental, it's worldwide and it's exclusive to the Cricket Library Weekly with Robbie McKinlay, Matt Ellis and me, Matt Fiction. Bye for now. Jack Clifton there, six correct answers, the same score as you, Robbie McKinlay, but I noticed that Matt Fiction slotted in eight questions for Jack and only seven for you. What's going on there? Yeah. Well, that well, if we have if it comes back to, I'm not sure what fiction's equivalent is to Duckworth Lewis. <laughs> net, um, net run rate. <laughs> I, I, my strike rate, my answers per questions were higher. My my answer run rate was higher than Jack Clifton, so I can hang my hat a little bit. But a polished performance there from a polished performer in Jack Clifton. Yeah, great to have Jack Clifton on on, on the program and looking forward to his call of the Sheffield Shield and some great stats in there from Matt Fiction as always, but the place we get our great stats from is Matt at the Orange Library and 
what a what a little talking point he's sent through to us. We've had discussions around hit wicket on the program in recent times, and we've got some intel here around unusual dismissals. Robbie, what is it? Well, we have, and we've got. Well, for example, the hit wicket you spoke about that. So in Test cricket, there's been a total of 161 hit wickets, 73 in ODIs, and T20 15. Did yeah. you know that been given out, hit the ball twice, has never been given out in Test cricket? That's incredible. Or OD, yeah, or ODIs, or T20. And the only other decision that we're looking at too that hasn't been given out is timed out. I reckon oh, timed out. Yeah. Timed out is more you're more vulnerable given timed out. I reckon in local club cricket or yeah. bush cricket. You know, when things just can go a bit astray, you know, you might be listening to the Cox play or the Caulfield Cup and <laughs> there's been a collapse and you're not ready and, you know. Yeah. But, um, and then made a couple others there that that, that you uh, have taken your eye. Yeah, well, just on the obstructing the field, I, I think from memory, Ramiz Raja was out obstructing the field for 99 in an ODI against England. He was. In Karachi, yep. yeah. But the the really interesting one is... Armanath, he's been out handled ball against Australia. That was that was back in February '86 at the Melbourne Cricket Ground for 15 yep. runs. But yep. also, he was out obstructing the field. So he's, he it, he's ticked two, yeah. two of the boxes. That's un, unbelievable to see oh. uh, the work of uh, our librarian bringing that to our attention. I think what you can draw from that, Matt, is that um, I think Mahindra Amanath was a very competitive beast. <laughs> oh, definitely. And um, interesting, Len Hutton, uh, the only batsman is dismissed for obstructing the field in test matches. That happened in 1951 against South Africa. So, oh, um, yeah. I do remember Graham Gooch getting uh, given out uh, handled the ball. He was. Um, 93 it, Ashes, I think. Yeah, it was too. And yeah, it was, that was a bit of a sad occasion. So, but yeah, good good stats there from Matt. Um, now, bowlers with the most hit wicket dismissals because it does go to your figures, doesn't it, Matt? If you, yeah. If, if you, for example, you were bowling to, um, say, Matt Dixon and he rocked back to pull you away and knocked over the stumps, you'd be you'd get the wicket. So, Graham Garth McKenzie, he is, he has claimed four wickets wow, uh, by a hit wicket. Four. That's a bonus, isn't it? That's not a bad little bonus on top of. I'm just guessing. I reckon Garth McKenzie had around about 246 something yeah, like that in okay. his career. Yeah. Because I remember the moment when Richie Benno um, was spoken about when he broke his record, and then Dennis Lilly broke Richie's and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Headley Verity, Ray Lindwall picked up three. Yeah. Um, good old Freddie Truman. I'm not surprised Freddie got a few hit wickets because he would have had a lot of players on the back foot. The fiery Yorkshireman. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Capel Dev on that list as well. Yeah, yeah, he's there. He got he he's got three wickets courtesy of the old hit wicket. And Melantry Mancad. Never, I I don't recall a lot about uh, Melantry. Um, no. A name like Mancad, it's, it's a wonder he hasn't bobbed up in another form of dismissal. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, and just on hit wickets as well in women's internationals. It's quite a high number here, I'd say. 12, it, 12 times in yep. tests, seven times in ODIs, and seven times in, in T20. So, um, wonderful stats uh, in 
in this list as well, uh, as as you'd expect from Orange. Just another another couple here. Uh, Len Hutton in 1951 test against South Africa was the only batsman dismissed obstructing the field in test matches. Yeah, indeed it is, Matty. So, yeah, fascinating stuff there from the Lawrence Library. And we look forward to more discussion uh, around those stats in the coming weeks here on the Cricket Library. But guess what, Robbie? It's time. It's time to bid everyone farewell. Thanks so much for all of our guests, Matt Fiction, Jack Clifton, and, of course, you, Robbie McKinlay. It's been a pleasure hanging out, as always, and we look forward to your company when we next talk about some Sydney Thunder victories in the WBBL. Thanks, Matty. Catch you next week.